to the questions, the fears, and whys. Somebody here is desperate for freedom from the past, the chains, and the lies. Feels like you wasted so much time.
such as common to man. What's he saying with those words? I got some, I got a bunch of others that overcame that. You can overcome it too. Amen. We can make it. I appreciate the Lord. Appreciate the ways of escape that he has given to us. And uh, he has been so very, very good. Damn your Bibles. <clears throat> Sunday mornings over the last several Sundays. I think uh, I was a little different on one, but mainly we've uh, we've been studying the life of Joseph. Joseph, how many of y'all know about Joseph in the Bible? Huh? How about you youngins? Y'all know about Joseph in the Bible? Huh? One of the characteristics of them, and I somehow or another I missed it when I was been preaching. I'm past it now, but uh, he had a coat of many colors, and he had eleven brothers. I don't know how many sisters. I know of at least one sister, but he had sisters, and he was the only one that had that special coat. You know why? Because he was a baby. Well, there was one younger. But uh, he was baby, but he was uh, Jacob's special boy. Amen. Who in here is your mama's favorite? I thought I was, but I don't know. You know, my mom's passed away. What did you, Brother Robert? You your mama's favorite? See, Joseph. Joseph was Jacob's favorite child. His favorite child. And so uh, we've got several verses here. We're going to try to finish up chapter 41. And so if you would stand with me as we uh, uh, read 
these verses. I may skip a verse or so uh, just for the sake of time. Genesis chapter 41, we will start with verse 46 and uh, ask that each one would stand to honor the reading of our text of the message this morning. You have it? You have it? Brother Robert's got it. Brother Ricky's got it. Okay, y'all got it. All right. All right. Uh, Starting in verse 46. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. Skip down to, uh, um, no, read 48. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt. And he laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field which was round about every city laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the year of famine came, which Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God had... uh, For God, said he, hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Uh, And the name of the second was Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteous uh, that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come according as Joseph had said and the dearth was in all the land but in the land of Egypt there was bread and when all the land of Egypt was banished the people cried to Pharaoh for bread and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians go unto Joseph what he saith to you do and the famine was over all the face of the earth And Joseph opened the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians the uh, uh, sold unto the Egyptians, and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all the lands. Let's bow our heads, dear Lord Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you. Uh, instructed your servants, Lord, to, to tell and to give us the details of the life of Joseph. Lord, you said that your word and the people that were in it is to be an example and to be a teaching in our lives and in our hearts. And here this morning, I pray, Lord, through these verses, help us to see you clearer. And Lord, I pray that you would not only help open our eyes, but open our hearts. That Lord, if there are any here in the sound of my voice who is not saved, they would receive you as Lord and Savior. 
Amen. And learn to love you and to obey you. Lord, bless these feeble lips of clay. Help me to bring forth your word. Touch hearts here this morning. I know I've got a wide range of children, but Lord, your word can go forth and it can hit home in every person's heart and life this morning. Move for us. Help us, Lord, we pray. And I'll give you all the glory and honor in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen and Amen. Here in these scriptures, we see Joseph, the favorite son of Jacob, firstborn of Rachel, the favored, only one who had a coat of many colors, hated uh, of his brothers, a dreamer of dreams, a prophet, a 17-year-old boy beat, uh, beaten and then thrown into the pit, sold off into slavery, purchased by Potiphar, captain of the guard, of uh, Pharaoh's guard, accused by Pharaoh's wife, thrown into jail, raised uh, to highest in the prison, interpreted the brother and the baker's, the butler and the baker's dream, forgotten for two years, brought before Pharaoh, promoted to uh, second in the country with only Pharaoh with more authority, now uh, tasked with uh, collecting 20% of all the grain raised in Egypt, storing it, preparing it for the seven-year famine, and that is our text today. How do I do, Brother Robert? <laughs> I'm trying to take the example from Paul. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, remember, Joseph is highly favored of the Lord. You might say, I know somebody like that. Anybody in here know something like that? I know of a few people who are favored with God. Some of them don't even seem to realize that they are favored by God. And thank the Lord for those who are saved that are highly favored by God. But the Lord favored him almighty. Uh, I'm sorry. The favored by the Lord God almighty. And what he puts in his hands prospers. Even during the time that the Lord blesses him with organizing this country uh, of Egypt and preparing for the deadly famine. What a task. How would you like to be in charge of trying to coordinate all of this that's going on there? All of the people telling them. Of course now, I'm sure that Pharaoh had a tax before, okay? I tried to explain taxes before, but Pharaoh's got his hand in everything that's done. Every, uh, every, all the food that is produced, all of the pottery, all of the gold, all of the treasures that are found, everything, he's got his hand in it. But uh, Joseph, through the unction of the Lord, uh, recommended that they collect 20% of all the grain, all that was grown, and to store it up. Huh? You children. You children. Have y'all ever seen whenever they harvest the grain and they pour it out into those big trucks? You ever seen? There's one. Any of you others? Huh? Well, 
That's what was happening, except for they didn't have them trucks. They had to gather it by handfuls. And, and surely uh, in these scriptures, it talks about that they were, they were harvesting handfuls. And it was just a blessing uh, how much they were growing. Maybe the poorest farmer. You ever known some farmers grow a lot of food? And you can tell some people, they don't, they don't really grow very good. You ever seen that before? You ever seen them cotton fields purdy with all those blooms and right down the road there's another cotton field and it, it ain't making. Huh? I got a, a full t a farmer in here and he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, he's told me a few times I laid the seeds out, they came up, but then they wilted over. And so he plowed them under and did it again. But there are times when God blesses. And the Lord said He would bless for seven years. Seven years. There is a trap that all of us have fallen into by being in a country that is so wealthy and so prosperous that we have fallen into. And there are some times when things get a little hard on us. And really and truly, most of this generation had not had any of that until COVID. Okay? We never seen Most of us hadn't seen it. How many of you remember the, uh, um, the recession of 74 and 75? A lot of farmers went out of business during those times. <laughs> I don't know why I remember this particular part, but my mom told me, I don't know why, she said, we have got to buy some, uh, we're going to buy a hamburger meat instead of the regular roast because we can't afford the regular roast. I was a young person at that time, but I remember it to this day. Her cooking was always good, but the Lord bless us, we always had some. And what I'm trying to say is during these good times, we take for granted how blessed we are. And so, I'm sure that was going on, but Joseph was busy. He was traveling around the country, and every city, he was telling them, expand your brain storage. Expand them. I don't really know if they really had much grain storage before that time, but uh, he did exp have it expanded. Uh, as a matter of fact, Brother Jamie, I don't have but 12 of these, so you'll have to disperse those around. Maybe you'd like to see a picture uh, where archaeologists are finding in the center of the, uh, these old cities that date back to Joseph's time, grain storage. Now, these pictures that I have for you just show one. But... According to the size of the city, there may be four, five, twenty of these uh, grain storages in the town. It was according to how many farmers and how good that they did. And so they were gathering up this grain, huh? storing it away. I read just the other day that they found one and they hadn't figured this particular one out. They found one of these storage things like that that had uh, uh, sacks of something that was in there and also loaded down with dishes. 
and they can't figure out anything or reason why. But you know the reason why they were storing that in there? Because they had become empty. They had been filled, filled to the top. Possibly even storing them outside of those silos that he had made. I call them silos, storage bins. It was so much, so much during those seven years. Amen. They had access. And I'm sure uh, Joseph built more as he could. But there was a time coming when the drought was going to hit. And you know, I haven't read this anywhere. But I've just studied human nature long enough to know that there were some that probably knew about the prophecies, knew what was going on, knew what they were preparing for, but yet when the drought came, they had not prepared. They did not keep enough for them and their cattle. They did not keep enough for their family, extended family. They didn't. And when the drought began, you know what I think? I think a lot of them kept eating all that excess food like they had before and throwing a bunch of it away, huh? For the first part of the year. Because uh, the scriptures here tell us, it says, the seven years of dearth began to come according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all lands. All the lands around them. But the land of Egypt still had bread. Amen. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I don't know about y'all, but the older I get, the more I love bread. Amen. I like good bread. Amen. And then the next verse said, And when all the land of Egypt was famished. What? What? Joseph didn't open up that storage area until the right time. Youngins, we have to learn to be able to put aside. Huh? Put aside. Because these good days, they'll not always last. Oh, the money I have wasted in my lifetime. Oh, when my income went so high. Amen. Uh, there was one year I didn't have, I got to a certain place, I didn't have to pay any more Social Security because I hit that limit. It got cut off. Huh? Where is it? Where is it? You know the problem with us in America? We always feel like tomorrow is going to be a better day. We always feel like we'll have the strength to do the way I'm doing right now today, tomorrow, and beyond sight. We don't put away. We don't make uh, plans. I was told as a young man, you need to start a your own retirement program because you don't know if you'll be able to collect on Social Security. Amen. Yeah. Right now, I'm glad Social Security is solvent so that those who are on it can still get it. But we need to put away some. Huh? Storage. Now, I, I, let, let me, this just came to me. There is no need for you to put storage away 
if you think you're going through some of the tribulation, right. or if you think the Antichrist is coming and you're going to see him, there is no sense in you putting extra food away and all during that time. Okay? There's no sense of it. Some believe they won't see it and they'll be gone. Some may not know for sure, but I just want to tell you, there's no reason for you to pack up that stuff. Amen. I could tell you a whole lot more, but i got to continue my preaching here. And so we do need for today to set aside. I remember my dad and, oh, Teresa, how I wish I had done like he had suggested. He said, now, you need to pay your tithes to church, and then whatever you pay in tithes, you need to put that much in your savings account. And it's like, Dad, I can't do that. Huh? I can't do that. And then when I got the raise, I took on more debt. And then when I got the next raise, I took on more debt. And I never found myself in the place to be able to put aside money like that. I hope you are not like me. Amen. But I'm sure there were some that were like that. And so the reason that uh, Pharaoh and Joseph let the famine get hard in the land was to help us, help them get our appetite less. When you go from eating a big loaf of bread every day down to just get, getting just a little bit of bread every day, you're glad for that little bit of bread. Any of y'all ever been in a, a place like that? Most of you youngins probably never have. Oh no. Mama can always go to the store, but when you go to the store, there's no food. Huh? I really, I know, I know it sounds funny, but I appreciate the Lord letting us go through this COVID. Because it brought reality back to America that you cannot count on tomorrow. You cannot count on those other days. You cannot expect things to continue today as they have been in the future. Things change. You change. Your life changes. Amen. Oh, oh it's hard on me. Jamie and I were trying to pick up a, a little oven and uh, I couldn't pick it up. Jamie was picking it up and pushed me back this way. I couldn't get my side. Come on. Things change. Hello? Things change. I used to think, oh, I can work this hard all the rest of my life. No, I can't. You say, well, I, I've all, I'll always have my mind. No, you won't. The mind that you've got, God has allowed you to have it. And there are certain ages where you are doing really good, but when you get to those ages, remember, it will not always be there. Amen. It will not always be there. You got, what year did you quit preaching, Bob? Uh, um, killing bugs, Bobby? I was 88. 88 years old when he quit killing bugs. Huh? That's real good, I. I hope I'm still preaching. 25 years. 25 years. I hope I'm still preaching whenever uh, I get <coughs> get there. And so it's important for us to recognize, as you say, Brother Jeff, this is about plenteous and drought. I know. The plenteous years are easy to get through. Things are easy to come by. 
Property is cheap. Cars are cheap. Income is high. Uh, interest rates are low. Amen. All that kind of stuff. But it's not going to always be that way. <coughs> and so, when Joseph started, he started selling that grain back out. Okay? Now, he didn't sell it at the price that the, was the going price when it came in. Y'all know anything about economics of this? When you have a... I, I'll give you an example. My brother was uh, decided to go into fishing, and he was already a shrimper, and so he rigged out his shrimp boat with a, a big reel, and he went out in the Gulf Stream and set out his net, and he caught a humongous amount in this big boat that he had, even to the place where it was sitting low in the water and a little tilted on the side coming in. And now, mind you, this was a, what was it, an 80 some odd foot steel hull shrimp boat coming in, okay? He didn't tell anybody it was coming in because he knew that when he hit the docks, the price of fish would drop. You know why? He had so much. When just a little bit of fish are coming in, the price is kind of high because they're hard to get. But when a lot of fish come in, the price drops. Yeah. And so that was the way it was when Joseph was putting in. The price was low. But now there's not anything growing in the fields. That price is up. Price is up. As a matter of fact, it got to the place where they'd come in and they'd say, we don't have any money. Will you buy my cattle from me? And I'll still use it and try to plant what we can. But we... And so Pharaoh said, okay, we'll buy them from you to help feed you. But then there came a time that wasn't enough. They needed more. So they sold themselves and their lands unto them. And they became slaves. And the Pharaoh kept them alive. Other countries were coming in from Cana, from Syria, from uh, Nubia, from uh, Libya, from those different countries that were around there, from the Arabian Peninsula. People were coming in and buying grain there because Joseph had interpreted a dream that God had given to Pharaoh. Amen. To understand the future. Hallelujah. To my knowledge, there was no uh, nothing there really in the previous scriptures that gave any prophecy of such thing to happen. But God put it in place. Look at me. I'm smiling. God's got a purpose in the good yeah. and in yeah. the bad. Yeah. Don't shy away from the bad when it comes because God's got a purpose in it. Oh, it's easy for me to stand right here and say don't shy away from it because at times I get a little shell shock too from all of it, you know? Yeah. But when trouble comes, God is our strong tower. Yeah. Joseph was not afraid. Look what had already gone on in his life. His brothers had 
beaten him, sold him into slavery. At one point, they were talking about killing him. And he got all through that. And then he went and was in the house of Potiphar for several years. Rose up in, in prominence. Huh? And then trouble came. He lost his good name, Brother Robert, in there. But it turned around. He ended up being sent to prison. Here he is, a prisoner, sweeping floors. Before long, he's the one in charge of the whole prison cleanup crew and cooking and everything else. God is teaching him and bringing him through it. And what hope did Joseph have? I don't think he had a lot of hope of ever getting past where he was at. But you know what? He was sustained. You know why? And it's the same thing that will sustain you when you start going through troubles. He knew the Lord. He knew at that time Jehovah. We now know Him as Jesus. Amen. He knew Him. He had a relationship with Him. In all of this time, He continued to pray. Will you quit praying when things get really bad? Will you stop praying whenever uh, life seems to be dealing you uh, heartache and trouble all on the hand? No! Keep praying. Keep seeking the Lord. Don't grumble and complain. All that means when you're grumbling and complaining means that God's still got some work on you. He's wanting us to get to the place where we can bear up to what we're going through. There came some sickness upon me. And I remember praying, Lord, i got to have help. Lord, i got to have help by tomorrow. There was some financial stuff. I need help by tomorrow. And guess what? Victoria didn't show up. Lord, i got to have help by tomorrow. It didn't show up. This went on. This went on for several months. Every day seeking God, pleading to Him, I've got to have help. I've got to have help. And eventually, the Lord came by. You know what lesson the Lord was teaching me? I can handle a lot more than what I think I can. I say, ouch, a lot quicker than when it's really heart-feeling pain. Okay? And so God will help us do that. Joseph's 30 years old. Been in prison 13 years. Wow. And so all of this happens and all of it hits. And the famine was over the whole face of the earth. How old's our friend right here? What's his name? 15. You're 15. I want to tell you something that I learned when I was your age. There are no do-overs. You young people back there, right now you might get in a little trouble at school. And they might tell you they won't write it on your records. I don't know why they tell you that because it does get on their records somewhere. Okay? And that record follows you. 
And then, if you're not careful, something you do, something you know not to do, you'll do it. And you can't get back over it again. You can't erase it. You can't fix it. It's gone. It goes for us adults, too. And I'll be honest with you, I look back on some sad times that I think, that was awful of you, Brother Jeff. I like to give examples. I remember a time when my grandfather came to me and he wasn't talking real loud and all, and he addressed himself and he said, uh, I called Mr. Carpenter to come over to pick me up and take me to the hospital. I couldn't drive at that time. And he said, uh, I think I'm having a heart attack. And he said, do you want to come with us? You know what I told him, Jamie? No. I stayed at home. 14, 15 years old. That's horrible, isn't it? To think so little of my father-in-law, I mean my grandfather. To think so little of him, I didn't go. From then on, I did try to go. When my father got sick, I went. Okay? But you learn those things. But there's no do-over. No do-over. You can't fix it. There is an example of this type of famine that hit this land, how bad it was. Uh, somewhere around 1040 to 1070 A.D. I think it was up in Nubia. But anyway, they had a great famine that went for quite a while. And it got to the place that the only food that they had available were those that had passed away and the dead cattle. And that's how bad it was. Awful! I want to say to you, I hope, I think I got it where I need it. I want to remind you that we are surrounded by death. We are surrounded by hatred. We are surrounded by lies and untruths. And spiritually speaking, people are eating each other. We're in an awful time. And while I was praying and all on this, I was reminded for us to be ready. Are you ready? Well, I'm only 10 years old. You better get ready. I'm only 7 years old. You better be ready. I'm only 12 years old. You better be ready. Why? Why? Because you're at the age that you can face God in the oh, eternity. Yes. And He is going to look at what you've said and what you have done and how you are living. And He will also look and see is their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's serious, folks. Even at early age, it's serious. But I was reminded of Matthew 25 and verse 3. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They were not prepared. 
But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And when while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. It was common. Everybody lived the same. Huh? But at midnight there came a, a cry was made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Amen. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Oh, it's not going to be based on when you said you gave your heart and life to Jesus. I gave my life to the Lord when I was 10 years old. I, I, no! It's going to be where you're at when the call comes. It's going to be where are you at right now, right this moment. Are you ready to meet the Lord and Savior or are you not? And so, <clears throat> the wise answered and said, Not so! Lest there be not enough for us and you, but ye uh, rather go to them that sell and buy for yourselves. What? I thought the Bible said that Christians were supposed to give to others what they have. There are some limitations. We are not to give our spiritual self to others when you're in a time of crisis. Come on. There is a time that you can withhold that. We are to be helpful to others, but I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I've learned over and over and over again. I think I learned before anyway any of this other stuff ever showed up. But I've learned people are not always what they say. And you'd better be careful with the, the word that the Lord gives to you. And so, it said, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. I don't know if they had to go off to a revival or go down to the preacher's house or, huh? I don't know. But while they were gone, the Lord came. This is this is really uh, a parable that is giving us an example of way it is going to be when Jesus returns. That there will be some that are ready and some that are not. And so said that the bridegroom came and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. shut. That terminology, the door was shut, is similar to what happened when Noah went on to the ark. And the Lord shut that door from the outside. Noah couldn't open it up if he wanted to. You'd better get in the door while you can. You better get in when he comes because there'll be no second chances. I know there's some teaching out there that said that people will be uh, uh, saved during the tribulation time. I don't believe it. I cannot find a single place where a person gets saved in the book of Revelations. Come on, after the tribulation starts. Can't find it. No. We're not promised tomorrow. We better be ready now. Today. Teresa, if you would arrange a song for me. <clears throat> I want to ask you, 
Have you given your heart and life to Jesus? What does that mean? Just for a, a visual example, youngins, look here. Let's say that this is my uh, heart and my soul. And I say, I'm going to give it to the Lord. Right there. Okay? I've given it to Him. But did you know that if you come and say, I want it back, He'll let you take it back. And then if the Lord comes during that time, you are eternally lost. Amen. I want to add, in this day and hour, we don't have little Elijah here, but uh, little Elijah was sitting on his bed, and for some reason or another, he, he felt prompted, maybe of the Lord, to lay down. And right at that moment, a bullet comes in. Was it through the window or through the wall? Right there next to where he was at. Through the through the window and through the wall where he was at. And if he had stayed sitting up, he would have been gone. So there are two ways that we can be gone in an instant. Either by death or by the coming of the Lord. We are not promised tomorrow. And so the Lord has given you the choice. Do not waste the opportunities. Brother Jeff, I got a good job. I'm making good money. You know, I can kind of do what I want to do. I, I don't feel so pressured all the time. It'll not always be that way. It'll not always be that way. And so, let's stand all across the house. I'd like for you to examine your own heart and your own self. Brother Jeff, how do I do that? By asking yourself some serious questions. Ask yourself, should I die right this moment? Would the Lord accept me as I am? Or will He say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity? I can't look at you and tell but you know. And you're going to have to judge yourself whether or not you're right with God. We're not promised tomorrow. I want to tell you something about Jesus. He is a good God. If you are not saved, you are under the worst and hardest taskmaster of all known time. He will guide you by your nose with the ring in your nose into one sin and then trouble time and time again. I know some people who are running from God. Everything they touched, it broke. Everything. And my biggest regret was that I allowed them to use some of my stuff. Because when it came back, it was broke. Jesus can change that. He can change you. He can save your soul. He can make you a new person. He's not going to get rid of the warts or broke nose or something like that. But He will make you new inside. 
You'll not have that desire to go after alcohol, after beer, after illicit drugs, after pornography, after demon, demonic stuff like skulls and cross uh, bones and stuff like that. You won't want all that because that's all death. But instead, you'll be looking up and you're saying, Lord, are you coming on that cloud? I hadn't noticed that there's clouds out there today. No, it's cloud and stuff. But uh, I love clouds. Jesus is coming. And if I go by way of the grave, or if I go by way of uh, the rapture, I'm ready to go. I've been there. You've never been close to death. I've been close to death a couple of times. As a matter of fact, one time in the hospital, the doctor said, Teresa, I don't know if you'll make it to the next hospital or not. Don't know. What do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? They wouldn't operate on me there. They were going to send me to another hospital. When I got to the other hospital, thank you, Lord, thank you, honey. When I got there, they couldn't find a vein to put blood in me because I was bleeding it out. Huh? It was like a contest. I was on the gurney. And then I had about three or four nurses and doctors on one side and three or four on this other side, some even poking my feet. And sometimes they'd say, I got one, I got one. And then they'd say, no, I'm sorry, it would collapse. I got one, I got one. No, it collapsed. Until finally they had to, had to put a port in here. And there's two places you can put a port there. The first one collapsed. The first one collapsed. I told my wife, honey, I don't want to leave. didn't have to pray through. I'm ready. Heads bowed, eyes closed all across the house. Who would say, I'm not ready? Anyone in here honest enough to say, I'm not ready to meet God? all to come. Paul in Corinthians, he said for us to examine ourselves whether or not we be in the faith. There's more to the, uh, being a Christian than just accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. People forget those last two words, Lord and Savior. Lord means you're to obey Him. You're to follow Him. You're to do His work. So I'm going to invite everyone that will come, come. Let's pray. Let's seek our, seek ourselves, seek and examine our hearts and our lives. You know if the Lord will accept you or not. So let's come. Let's pray.